Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, make sure to check out our friends within the Zillennial Canon Cinematic Universe, or the ZCCU. Adam's podcast with Joe, Aggressively Okay, where the boys shoot the shit about film. Back to Beck, an exploration of Beck's discography by Courtney and Zach. And the Seltzer cast, where Sean interviews special guests over a cold can of seltzer. Thanks, friends. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. And I am Adam. And today we are covering one of my favorite movies that I don't remember often, but when I do, it is a very big treat to remember. Um, We're covering the movie Uptown Girls uh, from the year... uh, Fuck. um, 2003. 2003. Yeah. Uh, before we get started, uh, just a sincere apology to our listeners that I didn't have the time to uh, watch the third Fast and Furious movie before the recording of this episode. I promise to try harder next week, so yeah, you'll hear my thoughts on that. Accountability is key, I think. Yeah, especially like when it comes to something like Fast and Furious. I'm glad you understand, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Adam, what have you been up to lately? <laughs> Wait, sorry. I, I, I'm looking at um the director of this movie's uh Bo Bo Jacken, I think his name is. Yeah. And uh, we were before we started recording, we were talking about uh, for some reason Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Yes. Um, he wrote because that movie. uh you specifically were saying why is Dirty Dancing Havana Nights on our watch list, and I was like, honestly, I could not tell you. Um. You, he wrote that movie, the director of Uptown Girls. Wow. So I guess we have to watch it. I guess so. Maybe uh, they have rights. Yeah. Um, yeah so don't I'm. Look uh, at, don't look at the cinematographer yet. We have to talk deeply about the cinematographer for this movie. Yeah, I just, cl- I don't know why I clicked on his name. But that, <laughs> no. that caught my eye as soon as I saw it. We will uh, talk about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm doing. I'm. I'm okay. You know, it's. Uh, it's another day in quarantine. You know, but it's it's always a, it's always a good day when I'm recording an episode of Little Canon. Yes, I agree, especially when we're watching such a good film. Um, yeah, I've been spending my time actually uh, going to some drive-ins, mm-hmm. which is something that's different, and I've started to enjoy. Adam heard. Uh, when my mom walked in and I was reading off my schedule for the week, he heard my entire schedule um, as I was talking to my mom. But I'm going to see When Harry Met Sally this week at a drive-in, um, which will be fun. I saw the Muppet movie last night at a drive-in, and I fucking cried, like, really hard the whole time. Um, yeah, I'm jealous. Like, really jealous. Just yeah. Not even just about the Muppet movie, but, like, in general. Just that you have a drive-in close by. Um, well, we drove, like, an hour. Like, the one for Tribeca, we were driving, like, an hour away. Mm-hmm. And then this one was almost in the city that we went to. Because it's, like, by the Museum of Moving Image. Like, they promote it. I mean, they, like, make it. Um, and then it's on the World's Fair grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it's like really far but then there's one at like a theater like kind of five minutes away from my house and it just happens to be like a theater that Isabella Rossellini is like a patron for like she like basically gives them like all their money um so she programs like once a week so they'll show like really weird fucked up stuff like they're showing ants um (laughs) (laughs) really fucked up stuff like Dreamworks like, ants. Yeah, I mean it's an animated Woody Allen movie. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't even. <laughs> anyway, Isabella Rossellini programs like once a week, so we went to go see Casablanca, and uh, she's doing Alfred Hitchcock's Notorious this week, but we're not going to that. Um, and then we're gonna harass them until they play Blue Velvet. Honestly, that'd be dope. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how the locals will uh, react, but <laughs> if we're the only ones there, I don't care. <laughs> Better for um, us. Yeah, I've been looking into local drive not local drive-ins, but just other drive-ins in Florida, and mm-hmm. they're all, like, I don't know, like, they're showing, um, let me go to the website real quick, but, like, I know this week they're doing Sandler movies. They're doing, like, uh, Oh, well, that's Ma- perfect for you. Yeah, it is perfect. Um, it's all the way in Tampa, though. They're doing Billy Madison and uh, Happy Gilmore on one mm-hmm. screen. And on the other screen, they're doing Shrek 2 and Spickle Me 2. Uh-huh. Which, okay. That's uh, that's cool. Not the first ones. Um, yeah, I'm, it's all the way in Tampa, so probably not. But, like, if it was in Florida, I mean, if it was, like, in Orlando, I would go. But, like, um. They're doing, uh, this one's actually pretty good. On August 28th, they're doing Bill and Ted and Thelma and Louise. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good lineup. Just two, just four besties, two besties, just me and the besties. Me and the besties. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know what? With theaters reopening this weekend, I think it's really appropriate that we, we continue to practice social distancing and we, uh, we, we go back to a to a more uh, calm year, I would say. I, uh, um, can I also make a statement too no. that uh, don't fucking go to the movies, guys. I know we all love the movies and we all want to see some movies, but uh, maybe think about it <laughs> before going to the movies. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to work this weekend at the movies, and it's a uh, I'm not stoked, but, um, yeah, I mean, all I can do is, like, just kind of practice social distancing and stay away. I'm kind of curious to see what, like, how many people are actually there, like, Mm -hmm. in general, but I I really can't imagine, uh, like, I'm going to go see Tenet, probably, whenever that comes out, Um, but I'm not going to go fucking see, I don't know, what's coming out, the Spongebob movie? That's not even no. I think that's just going on demand. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's I... no other movie coming out but Tenant, and Tenant was pushed. And also, I think today Cuomo said like movie theaters aren't opening. Uh, like, there's no opening date for movie theaters in New York. And like one movie theater, like a landmark theater, like the second he announced that, it's like they're shutting down. Yeah, I mean. Tenet's definitely coming out though because they um they're releasing it in the UK. And, yeah, um, that's gonna go online immediately. Yeah, I think their entire strategy is just like we're gonna just do it where we can and just like yeah. 
cut our losses. For the best. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean... I'm what... assuming, though, like, I think it's gonna go into drive-ins here, because there are drive-ins, like, and, like, rooftop movies or whatever, like, all throughout New York City, um, mm. and, like, the, like, Long Island, New York area, um, and, like, to the point where, uh, like, Museum of Moving Image has this massive screen that we went to, like, New York Film Festival is doing drive-ins, um, like, it's, like, a bunch of different places have, like, deals with drive-ins and stuff. And Sean was saying, because Museum of Moving Image specifically, they have a series every summer called the See It Big series. Like, specifically for movies that, are like, you have to see on a massive screen. So they'll show, like, Mission Impossible movies. They'll show um, Indiana Jones. I've seen The Master there. Like, it's, like, a massive screen. I saw Hateful Eight there. Um and sometimes they're newer movies and sometimes they're like rep screenings, even just like a year after they come out. Um, and they just announced last night that they're continuing it through October. So I feel like they're going to just be like, Hey, we're showing Tenet and we're going to have to like jump on it and buy tickets immediately and drive to the city. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I hope that's, I mean, I, again, that's why I wish there was a drive in near here because like yeah. I would, I would go to Tampa. Like it's like the, the other theaters that are over here, like in Tampa and stuff, mm-hmm. even though there's new movies coming out this weekend, next weekend, they're still showing old movies, which is fine. But yeah. like, I want to see Tenet and I would prefer to see it at a drive-in than an actual theater. Are um, you also dealing with the thing where like more power to them, but every single drive-in that exists is like, we are showing Jaws yeah. Back to the Future, <laughs> The Goonies, um, Empire Strikes Back. Really? There are no Star Wars near me. Oh yeah, like literally every I would see theater. A Star Wars movie in a drive-in. Not a drive-in near me, but every movie you just mentioned is at every surrounding theater opening this weekend. Like every oh. single one you mentioned, like literally. You know what's upsetting? Not huh. one Austin Powers screen. <laughs> <laughs> Cinemark here was showing it. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Um, But Sean was saying, like, we were like, how how have they not played Austin Powers at a drive-in? And he was like, I don't know if I'd want to spend like thirty five dollars just to like go watch Austin Powers again. And then we were both like, yeah, but we'd be like obligated to, like, we would have to, and like report back to like nobody in particular, just be like, we saw Austin Powers at a drive-in. But and then everyone will be like, "Wow, Kira and Sean, very cool." Wow, Kira, very cool. But it is definitely like a, a weird thing, um, and it's interesting, like what to do to get around, like like people, <laughs> like to like be able to hang out, like with that, like, and, and like do like low key like dates, I guess, without like being anywhere near other people. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I if I see Tenet, I mean, I'm going to see Tenet, but, like, yeah. if, uh, when I go, I think I'm going to, there's this local theater here in Orlando called uh, Aloma Cinema Grill, mm-hmm. and they are doing an excellent job with their reopening, just for, I know there's, like, zero locals listening to the pod, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, They replaced, like, all their AC filters, and oh, it's, wow. like a, it's, like, a dine-in theater. Yeah, but they are only seating to like twenty five percent capacity, 
wow. and their tables are super it's like a long hallway basically but their tables are so spaced out that like you probably couldn't even see the other people like on dark theater yeah um which again doesn't eliminate the threat completely but they probably have done the best job out of any of the major chains which is fucking ridiculous but yeah Hey, I mean, I, I could go on and on all night about how fucking terrible the job AMC is doing, but yeah, it's that's a different conversation yeah. altogether. Much, much to think about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's mostly like all I've done is like because Sean and I obviously were quarantining separately, and I didn't see him for a long time, so I was mostly just like sitting in his backyard, like far apart from him when we started hanging out again. And now it's like, if we go in his car, we both still wear masks and like have the windows down completely. And then it's like, well, where do we go? So we like go to the drive-in or like, we're like, let's go out to eat. And we go to Sonic because it's like, you don't have to change anything if you go to Sonic. Because like the whole point is like to sit in your car alone and eat. So this, this is just saying, (laughs) I've had Sonic at least twice a week for the past like month and a half. And I wouldn't change a thing about it. Yeah, I've I've done a fair share of like parking lot eats, like from drive-through these past like several months, just because I'm like I want to leave the house, but I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. So what do yeah. I do? Oh, you mean just go to drive-through and sit in the parking lot for an hour? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I need. I I was thinking about Sonic when you brought it up last week to me. Uh huh. I'm just like, damn, a fucking foot long <laughs> tater tot sounds pretty good right now literally when we were waiting for the movie to start last night we were just sitting in sean's car and i like jokingly said because when we would go to the um tribeca one there was a sonic like right outside it so we would always stop at sonic on the way home so i jokingly said are we gonna go to sonic on the way home and then we just kind of like sat in silence and he just like went on google maps and looked like how far away is the nearest sonic <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Sonic and I was just crying in the drive-thru about Jim Henson like drinking my Dr. Pepper float and eating my mozzarella sticks Damn. what's your Sonic order? my I mean I, I'm a big uh, chili uh, cheese dog kind of guy oh, yeah, you, just, you just said that the hot dog yeah I mean I'm not I'm not usually into like chili like yeah. ever but like something about their chili footlong is like really good Um, yeah their chili cheese fries are incredible they're really good and the tots also like a good a good chili cheese tot yes and it's my favorite drive-thru to get a drink at because they crush the motherfucking ice yeah and and you could crunch on it exactly yeah exactly and on that note we watched the film uptown girls today (laughs) Um, yeah, I usually have to go uptown to go to my nearest Sonic. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Um, <laughs> let me try. Adam, so you'd never seen this movie before. Well, I don't... I mean, I've seen parts of it, I think, because, like, there were... Uh, during the rewatch, or watch, I don't know, like, uh, I was remembering parts of it. Uh-huh. Um, I've always, like, known this movie exists. Like, it was, like, a new find to me <laughs> when you mm-hmm. told me to watch it. Um, I, I distinctly remember when I went to go see, I think it was Finding Nemo, could have been something mm-hmm. else, uh, back in 2003, I saw the poster for this movie, and I asked my mom to take me 
to see it yeah. when it came out because I saw the pig and I'm like, oh, pig. Uh, <laughs> There's always a good... pig. That's a zillennial trope. Yeah. Pet pig. Um, yeah, I remember asked my mom to take me. Obviously, we never <laughs> went, but um, and I think there was probably a chance we rented it and I just like probably play with Legos while it was on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I remembered parts of it, but for the most part, it was a new experience. And um, I not to go all in, but it's surprisingly a good movie. Yeah. Um, so I, it's interesting because when I mentioned to Sean that we were doing this, he had no idea what it was. And he asked me, he was like, what kind of movie even is it? And I literally had no idea how to describe it. I was like, I couldn't remember if it was like a family movie or like a comedy or anything. I was just like, it's just like really sad. I was like, Mm -hmm. I can't even remember if it's like PG or PG-13 or like what the target audience is for it. I just remember that I watched it so many times. Um, And I think it was because... Like, obviously, I liked it a lot, but it was on ABC Family a lot. And actually, when we first started recording, I remembered a very vivid memory. And this is extremely dark. Um, Okay. It's very dark. And I... Okay. um, So, I was on vacation in Virginia at Bush Gardens in 2005. um, And... It was like the end of the summer and this was on ABC Family when we were in the hotel room um, and the I was watching it and my mom was like, oh my God, and she changed the channel and Hurricane Katrina was happening. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I actually, now that I think about it, that's, uh, that yeah, that was the year that it <laughs> That's, that's a, I don't, I'm not even saying this in a light way, but like, that's a zillennial canon moment, not taking it lightly in any way, meaning that specific memory, <laughs> like how people are like, where were you when Michael Jackson died? Like, where were you when 9-11 happened? I feel like we're a little bit, yeah, like we remember 9-11 happening. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we're a little bit young though, but this I remember vividly, like, I'm like, wow, a long day at Colonial Williamsburg. Let me just sit and eat my food. And then it's like, oh, Hurricane Katrina's happening. Yeah. And I was I, on vacation in Virginia. Um, yeah, I don't know. I did It did hit Florida, didn't it? I was trying to remember. I think so. Like a little bit. Uh, mostly New Orleans that got... Um, I got... Yeah. That's right. Okay. That was 2005. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was trying to remember. I'm like, I remember that was from like a younger part of my life, but I couldn't mm-hmm. remember if that was exactly around that time. But... Yeah, we were in like second or third grade. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but anyway, because this was always on ABC Family, I feel like I couldn't tell if it was like meant for like kids or adults or. I feel like it's like very accessible to like. Like, you get something out of it, regardless of whatever age you are, I feel like, you know? Yeah, well, when I first started, I was kind of like, I wasn't, like, not enjoying it, but I was kind of like, who is this movie for? Like, 
Because yeah. I was like, it's kind of very, I don't want to say serious, but it's a little deadpan for kids. Yeah. And, and I didn't just like that by any means. I was just kind of like, wow, this is different than I was expecting from the poster. From what I remember, like, it was almost marketed like a comedy. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I remember seeing the trailer, but like even the poster itself looks like a completely different movie than what it is. Like, yeah, um, like it's legitimately sad. Yeah. And also, like, I can't really imagine like what it would have been like to see this movie in theaters as a kid, because it's like I'm sure I would have enjoyed it to some extent. But mm-hmm. this is just one of those movies where I was like, I can't imagine how many kids took their or their parents took their kids to go see this expecting like a cute comedy. And God, and it's just like, like devastating. Yeah, I mean, it's a very uh, Bridge of Terabithia kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, I was pleasantly surprised by, like, I, I mean, it is, we, it is, like, serious and dark at points, but there are, like, there are legitimately funny moments in the movie. Like, yeah. Uh, like, there are one liners and stuff in it that I'm just, like, like, it's just very, um, it's very, like, smart, I feel like. Like, uh, and, <laughs> like, I wrote down a line, which, one thing I do want to say is a clueless reunion between Ty and Murray, Brittany Murphy, oh. and Donald Faison. Right. Um, but Donald Faison at one point, when he was referring to the um, musician Neil, he says he's celibate like Morrissey. <laughs> I laughed. I had to laugh. Um, but yeah, uh, and uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I kind of, like, put it in the same folder in my brain as Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen because of, like, the aesthetics of it. Like, it's not specifically, like, 2000s cool girl aesthetics. It's more so, like, like, this is, like, what I thought life would look like as a teenager and an adult. Like, the aesthetics of, like, her apartment and, like, similar to, like, how Lola Steph's, like, room was and... Um, it's very much like, like, it's like, oh, they're a disaster, but they're like, cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I was like thinking about because it it has like a very specific aesthetic and I think it's actually pretty well directed for the most part, which is, which is interesting because this director, he hasn't really done like a lot, like of good movies. Like, yeah. This is, like, his only... I mean, I personally, like, Remember the Titans. I think that's a pretty good movie. Uh-huh. But, um... He did Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Oh, he wrote he, that. He wrote that, yeah. Okay. He did this movie called Safe with Jason Statham in 2012, which was, like, it was okay. Um, I've never seen that stupid movie with the dog who's, like, a veteran or something, like... What? <laughs> He, in 2015, he made a movie called Max. It's about, like, a soldier dog. Like he, Oh, yeah, that one. He's, like, a veteran dog. Like, he came a home. Veteran he's dog. Like, yeah, I remember. He yeah, was he, supposed to come out of, with a film at South by Southwest this year. Hmm. Wait a minute. Hold on. He was married to... I was going to bring that up. Hold on. Alma, well, they're uh, divorced. They're divorced. Yeah, they're divorced. Yeah, the director of Honey Boy. Yeah, Alma Harrell, uh, Honey Boy, Amazon Prime. Watch it if you haven't. It's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. 
Uh, I feel like I played that a lot on the spot for some reason, yeah. but it, it's an amazing because movie. Because Shia LaBeouf is the one he kind of. He is, and that movie is just like the epitome of like child actors and like. Like your life was a lie as a child. Yeah, I mean it's it goes very deep to Zillennial. Yeah, movie. I feel like it really makes you like look within, not even like a meme way, being like, oh shit, all the stuff that I enjoyed was actually like painful for the people involved. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah. It, it, I literally could talk about Honey Boy all yeah, night. It's, it's but this movie. is not a Honey Boy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Uptown yeah. Girls pod. Um, yeah, I feel I'm, like also one of, one of the reasons why I kind of put this in the same pocket as Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen is because both have like legitimately good fictional bands and fictional music mm-hmm. um, that like I kind of in my head was like I would actually listen to those in real life um like both of the fictional bands in both movies you know yeah I mean sure like I don't know like I I love the music in this movie no it's fine it's it's definitely better than I mean some movies just have like blatantly bad music and then like like camp rock it's like don't they rock and it's like no, like they're bad, but like no, it's in this movie that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know, like this one, it's just really one of those movies, and I feel like you bring a lot of these movies to my attention where it's like between this and Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, where it's like I totally expected to be like this really cutesy movie, and it, I think this one more so than Confessions, but it deals with broader, more mature topics than. I think almost anything else we've covered on Zillow yeah. Canada, uh, like when it comes to death and just like money and relationships and like living in a state of like arrested development. Like, yeah. I think it's really interesting. Like I like wrote in the beginning of my notes, like because it opens with like her birthday party. I wrote like, Oh, to be 22 and being her because it like opens with like this glamorous, like her apartment being like so beautiful and like her whole hallway is flowers and it's her birthday and she wakes up at like 9 p.m. and then she like goes out and sees her friends and they reveal that it's like her 22nd birthday and I feel like my immediate reaction to things like that is like oh come on like they don't look like 22 like all these people are so like established and stuff which like yes they are but then you kind of have to remember like these are all like wealthy people that are friends with each other and then yeah. you, it's kind of revealed, like, oh, like, all the people that she's friends with are basically, like, all other wealthy people that were, like, given careers. And, like, she's literally just a disaster because she's riding off her parents' money. Um, and, like, that's, like, it's just, like, depressing, like, the more that it, like, reveals about her. Yeah, like, how she doesn't even know how to, like, pay her own bills. Like. Yeah. 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 It's... I mean, and that's the thing, like, when this movie started, like, and she's, like, you know, like, at the bar and stuff, I was, like, I don't know how much I like her character. Like, I'm, like, and, again, rest in peace, Brittany Murphy and everything. She's, she was great in Clueless and great in so many other movies, just icon in general, but, like. Yeah, she's legitimately, like, sorry, what were you going to say about Brittany Murphy? (laughs) I was just going to repeat. I was going to say, like, for the first act, at least, I didn't really know if I liked her. Her, Not her performance, but the character. Like, I was just kind of, like. Because, I mean, she was doing a, doing a good job of, like, selling the character, but I was just kind of just like, I don't know if I like, like, I don't know if I'm going to root for her. Like, I'm like, yeah. but as it goes on, 
And I feel like a big turning point in it is like when uh, Neil tries to leave her apartment after like spending days together. Yeah. And she's like, oh my god, it's so romantic. And then she's like in the tub, like hiding from him and is telling her friend, like, it's very suffocating to have him here. And then he tries to leave immediately after and she's like panicking. And yeah. he's just like, you're wearing my clothes, I need them back. And she's just like left like naked and like depressed on her floor and like doesn't know what to do. And it's just like you just see like how codependent she is on everyone else. And it's like very depressing. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of like why the not to jump all the way in, but I guess like the relationship between her and Dakota Fanning's character is like so interesting because like you have this woman who is so codependent, like you said, and also like truly like a child. Like she's a, mm-hmm. she's like a woman child. I mean, I know man child's a term, woman child. Like she doesn't know how to do anything in the world. And yet she's like, uh, Dakota Fanning's character is like a great juxtaposition to her who she's not codependent. She's completely cold, isolated, yeah she kind of hates everybody <laughs> she and wants both to do of them were, both of them were kind of forced to be that way though by the way they exactly were and and that's the thing like neither of them want to be that way like even i mean not not to jump ahead but like at the end where they're going to coney island for the first time yeah uh, or so they think and it's the first time you really see dakota fanning's character like excited about something it's like mm-hmm. and even then she's reserved about it like they have to get it out of her that she's excited but it's like, you can tell she doesn't want to be that way, but it's like, she's just, it's the situation of her life, like her relationships with her parents and just in general, like the world she lives in. And I think they had really excellent chemistry, to be honest. Like, yeah, I was surprised by that. I think it's also like interesting how they just like kind of meet in the middle at the end. And I'll discuss it more about like the final scene later um but i think like you said like how they're like a great juxtaposition like they kind of bring out in each other like i know this is like cliche but like she teaches her how to have fun and she teaches her how to like be responsible you know yeah well like but it does it like in a different way i feel like the most movies yeah do. definitely the movies do them very cheaply like it's just like yeah because this but... isn't like this isn't like oh, sweetie, like, I'm working, and she's like, but you need to hang out with me. It's, like, more so, like, they connect over, like, their grief and how neither of them know how to really process their grief, and they kind of both understand that it's that grief that makes them that way, and they have to, like, go through it together in order to be, like, functioning people. Yeah, I mean, that's what I liked about it, was that it wasn't, like, a generic, like, because, you know, some movies are, like, it's the businessman dad. In the yeah, movie. yeah. Like the yeah. game plan. The game plan. Sorry. That's, that's, that's a good one. And like, even Elf. Good good yeah, Elf, definitely. Yeah, like, but there's... Those are good. No, no, I know. But like, they're kind of cut and dry with the... I mean, I love Elf, don't get me wrong. But like, like the the trope and the general message of it is generic. thing we stand yeah, don't get me wrong. I like it. But I do appreciate when movies like this come out and they do it with like realism and like actual emotions. Like, because by the end of the movie, I mean, I love Dakota Fanning's character from the start. Like, literally, her first scene is like great. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dakota Fanning is Zillennial Queen. Like, she, like, she, and she's playing a similar character that she does in Cat in the Hat. 
<laughs> like having to be taught how to have fun. But like honestly, kind of having the same ear too. Yeah, honestly, the four writers that don't even have Wikipedia pages, um, they they out uh, they they outnumbered uh, Doctor Seuss. <laughs> oh, on oh, a cat in the hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know, like. Yeah, isn't it not to go too like sidetracked, but like, isn't it weird that how early like Dakota Fanning was like the uh, millennial queen back in the day, but Mm -hmm. Ellie Fanning's kind of like overcome her in popularity like these recent years. Um. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I feel like (laughs) it's not like I will replace you. It's interesting because (laughs) I feel like Dakota Fanning like grew up with us. Um. And, like, even when she was in, like, Twilight and stuff, and uh, she... I'm just looking at her Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah, uh, the Voltori or whatever. Yeah. And then, like, when we're all, like, we have taste now. Like, Elle Fanning is, like, yeah, you're right. Let me try. And, like, she's in, like, all the movies that were, like, hmm, like, we, like... Neon Demon and uh, The Beguiled and not Woody Allen's Rainy Day in New York. Well, I was watching um, Mia had <laughs> never seen 20th Century Women. The, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And the, I rewatched it with her uh, like a week or two ago and oh my god, like she's fucking incredible in that movie. Like, yeah. so good. Um, yeah, Literally she's such a good Perfect film. Zillennial, canon, uh, we... We recommend uh, uh, 20th Century Women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, also, uh-huh. Elle Fanning, Somewhere by Sofia Coppola. Incredible. Um, also, We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> Good movie, actually. Prior to she played a 13-year-old who's working at his, at the zoo's restaurant and lives on property with her only parental figure, Kelly, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, not many people like that movie. I kind of do. It's, it's just cute. It's sweet. It has a good message. Good they heart. cover it sometimes. Have you ever seen it? No. It's not... I mean, it's not great. I'm not going to try to hype it up, but it's cute. And then, you know what yeah. it is? Millennial, because it's 2011. Okay. So I'll go ahead Did and add that. Did you see Teen Spirit? Yes, I for I some reason like I did. Um, yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, when it was I went like to it, really weird and stupid, but I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, it was um, when I went to it. Max Minghello was at the uh, Q and A, uh, and yeah. um, that, I think that's the only reason I went was because I'm like, this never happens in Florida, uh, so <laughs> that's why I went to go do that. And yeah, I mean, I didn't like love it or anything, but it was it was fine. It was she was good in it, really good. Yeah. Did she sing all the songs? Yeah, I think so. That's that's really impressive. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, now what is Dakota Fanning? Because I know she was in like she Once Upon a Time, time in Hollywood. But for like five seconds. Like that was a cameo. Uh, like, she. She was in the Spawn she range. And, she and it. Elle are going to be in a movie directed by Melanie Laurent, actually. Is it The Nightingale? Yes. That's really where they named the Nightingale, considering a Nightingale movie just came out like last well, year. Well, it's a book about two sisters in France during World War II and their struggle to survive and resist the occupation of France. 
I'll scan yeah. anything Melody hey. Laurent does, though. So. Yeah. We also have to, like, take into consideration that um, most of Dakota fan, like, when we're like, where did she go? It's like, she went to college, like, a regular, <laughs> like, and she, like, went to, like, a regular high school and, like, college and... She majored in women's studies in college with a focus on the portrayal of women in film and culture. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, she's just vibing. Uh, Oh, she's also in the TV show The Alienist, which I don't watch, but I know that has been on for a few years now, and she's been in that. I always see ads for it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's probably the last thing I saw her in. I watched the first season. I didn't go, I didn't, I, I think Mia's watching it right now, but I, I, I never finished it. I didn't really care for it, but she's good. At, I mean, she's good at pretty much everything. I think the last thing I fully saw her in or heard her in was Coraline. But that was. Uh, yeah, she was in uh, Night Moves by Kelly Reichardt. I, I need to see that. Like, I, I've seen like yeah. almost every other Kelly Reichardt movie except that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's, I don't know, like, I would like to see, like, a revival of, like, or come, I don't, I don't know if it would even call it comeback, but just, like, a resurgence of, like, yeah. because she's, like, legitimately I, talented. I like them. I think they are very cool, and I feel like there's not really anyone that doesn't like them. Yeah, like, no, I mean. I don't know. Like, they're not from, like, big money. I don't know. They're not nepotism kids. Oh, she was in, Ellie Fanning was in Melly Laurent's last movie, um, Galveston, which I never saw, but that's pretty interesting. Um, I, I did see Melly Laurent's first movie, Breathe. Have you seen that? No. It's really amazing. Um, so hopefully that one that... Did they, did they already film the one they have coming out together? Um, I'm not sure. Okay, well, if they did, um, I'm excited for it. Cool. I stand. Yeah, um, I stand all three of them. Yeah, yeah but um, I was thinking, so recently, like, still on Dakota Fanning, I was like, who is this reminding me of? And Sean, like, forced, like, Mike Myers Movie Club to watch Bugsy Malone the other day. Have you ever seen that? I can't say I have. Oh, it's fucking insane. I can't even say if you should or not, but it's, like, essentially a musical that's a gangster film, but they're all children. Every single person in the movie is a child, and the music is great because it's all Paul Williams. However, the kids do not sing. It is Paul Williams singing, and the kids are lip-syncing to everything, and they only speak the dialogue, but they're acting like adults. Like, they'll, like, go to the bar, but they'll get, like, milkshakes. And they, like, shoot machine guns, but, like, pies are shooting out of it. Like, they're just, like, shooting pies at each other. But, like, they look like legit machine guns. Um, but one thing is that young Jodie Foster's in that. Like, even younger than Taxi Driver. Huh. Um, and she has, like, such a compelling performance. And I'm, like, young Dakota Fanning is, like, kind of really similar to young Jodie Foster. Um, I feel like not even... Because, like, not even in, like, a shady kind of way. But I feel like both of them just look very, like, normal. Like, when they were kids. Like, it's not particularly, like, oh, they're such a cute kid. Like, they're just, like, normal. Like, they're not, like, ugly, obviously. Like, but they're 
they're very like like they're just like so like they just have so much like character like a suburban kind of look almost yeah yeah like they just look like it's like oh i knew them in elementary school and that's not even like shade or anything but that's a good thing how do you think yeah they're both just like so talented and i feel like they almost have a similar they give off a similar like aura just very like serious and very like i don't know like they're not fucking around like when it comes to like their acting you know well, that's the thing. Like, even at a young age, Dakota Fanning, because what she was born in '94, so she was nine when this came out. She probably shot it when she was eight. Yeah. The fact that she gave this good of a performance when she was fucking eight years old is like, yeah. in it blows my mind. Like, yeah. this is better than like some adult performances that I've seen. Like. Yeah, exactly. Not only is like her comedic timing like perfect to a T, like her dramatic range in this movie is like like no joke it's fantastic like and again i didn't i wasn't like thinking this movie was gonna be bad by any means when i watched it but i did not expect to get like a really legitimately compelling performance out of it like and i did like she's really good in it um and i don't know like she's just really funny too like and the thing is like the entire movie has like this very deadpan vibe yeah and like i was thinking like when she's like it's a harsh world and yeah. she, like, flips down her sunglasses. <laughs> and I like um, when she's like, you can't hit people. It's never right. <laughs> oh, my God. And she's like, she, like her au pair said that my nanny is a slut bag whore. And they both, like, beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> it's like, I burst out laughing. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's very, I don't know. You know? <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Sometimes I just, there are just no words. <laughs> well, it's just, it's, some of the humor is, like, very chaotic, and then, like, some of yeah. it's just super deadpan. And I won't lie, like, not all the deadpan humor, like, worked at times, because, like, yeah. sometimes, like, when it was just focused on Brittany Murphy's character, it would kind of be like, okay, like, it's, it's no, fine. No, I think that some of it, though, like, one scene that I think about a lot is, like, when she's, like, kind of overwhelmed, and she's, like, running through Central Park, She's seeing, like, kids with their parents and, like, couples and, like, mothers and daughters. She just is, like, panicking and, like, having a panic attack and is just, like, overwhelmed. And I'm like, damn, true. And then she tries to jump off the bridge and she jumps into <laughs> she jumps off the bridge in Central Park and the water is like three feet deep so she's just like sitting there and rather than anybody trying to help her a lady like yells off the side of the bridge and is like lady that water's contaminated get the hell out of there like she like is angry at her for jumping off a bridge and I'm like if that's not the most like New York thing I've ever seen in my life like I don't know what is so that video going viral right now about that girl like diving into the into the um, Hudson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's immediately what I thought of when that scene happened. Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, the thing is, though, this movie, like legitimately, it's funnier than I thought it would be because like I thought there'd be like some cute moments here or there. Mm. But like it's pretty I mean, not every joke lands, but like for the most part, like it's really funny. It's also like I think I think a lot of it also, too, is that it doesn't really have like any physical comedy 
at all. Yeah, other like, than like I, the cut to them beating up the lady. Yeah, uh, I, like, that, that's about it. that worked really well. Um, because I think it kind of like goes off of Dakota Fanning's delivery of that line. And that's like everything. Like she said, my nanny, her au pair said, my nanny is a slut bag whore. I think her delivery of that line just really just carries the whole film. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, there's like not really any slapsticky stuff, but I think also like Brittany Murphy, it, her acting style is like very physical. Like, I feel like she's constantly, like, not even in, like, a comedic way, but it's just, like, very compelling, like, how she, uh, like, she's always, like, moving her face or, like, kicking her legs around or, like, like, especially when she would, like, get excited and, like, see Neil on, like, TV or whatever and be, like, jumping around. And I think that, I feel like if it were any other person, it would be, like, okay, like, relax. But, like, she just like has this aura about her that is just so like she she was just like a great actress you know yeah i mean like what else was she in other than this and clueless like i'm trying to because i can't remember what else i've seen her in like i I she was in girl interrupted eight mile Eight Mile. She's really yes. good in that. She was in Happy Feet. Oh, um, great. She was in Sin City. She was in Little Black Book. She was in... I mean, like, those are, like, her mains. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Sin City, but I can't remember who she played in it. She was in uh, Good Boy. Probably as a voice, right? Uh, probably. She has a good voice. That's why she was in... Happy feet. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Like, she's... I Again, when this movie started, I didn't know how I felt about her character. And uh-huh. I was kind of like... I think her performance has to grow on me. Because, like, I'm not really vibing with her right now. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's kind of just like... She's just... I don't know. Like, cause she's, like, so helpless to the point of where it's like... Why should I feel sorry for someone who's who wealthy? Was, well, like... Well, I mean, she's kind of wealthy. But, like, she's broke at the same time. Yeah. But, like, she has privilege, and it's kind of just, like, why should I care if she doesn't have her life together? Yeah. But as the movie goes on, and you figure out, like, I think it was around the time where she brings the, I can't remember the love interest name, but when she brings him back to her apartment, it, and the candle gag was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it made me laugh out loud. Um, and he starts to pick up a guitar and sings a song, and this kind of goes to what we were saying about Honey Boy, about, like, how the art that's been created like damaged people like uh-huh. when he's playing the song that her dad wrote for her yeah and she's like yeah can you like not it was kind of like about my mom or whatever like like just don't play that yeah. and like it's it's such a subtle moment but i'm like almost instantly that part i'm like oh like they're gonna give her an actual character so like i by the end of it i was kind of completely won over by her character and she's like She's very manic at points, but there's also, like, a legitimate, like, I I don't know how to, like, reserved nature to her performance. That Mm -hmm. when she does break through it, it works. Whether it be emotional in a happy or sad way, you know? Yeah. If that makes sense, I don't know. No, yeah, definitely. I, um, 
I'm like reading through her Wikipedia right now, and Roger Ebert compared her to Lucille Ball about her comedic timing and like more like screwball comedy. Yeah. Um, he said that as for me, as for Brittany Murphy, for me, it goes back to the 2003 Independent Spirit Awards where Murphy was assigned to present one of the awards. Her task was to read the names of five nominees, open an envelope, and reveal the name of the winner. This she turned into an opportunity for screwball improv comedy by pretending she could not follow the sequence, not even after the audience shouted instructions and the stage manager came up to whisper in her ear not once but twice. Those, there were those in the audience who were dumbfounded by her stupidity. I was dumbfounded by her brilliance. <laughs> so... <laughs> he compares her to Lucille Ball and uh yeah, I just feel like um and she also No, just in general. Just oh, talking okay. about her in general. Um also she was on King of the Hill for the entire series. I didn't know that. I've um, never seen King of the Hill. Yeah, me neither. Great. I feel like I should because everyone loves it. Yeah, I mean I'm watching The Simpsons right now for the first time and oh, cool. Maybe Maybe I should go back and watch other acclaimed animated stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's, I, I'm trying to, because I don't know if I've ever seen her like in anything else other than like this in Sin City. Like, because she's just a really interesting screen presence. And I, I think she would have like, you know, had she not passed away, I think she would have had like a really interesting career in the 2010s with like kind of the indie resurgence. Definitely. Like, I think yeah. she could have probably got nominated for an Oscar at some point. Yeah, I mean, she had, like, critical acclaim from 8 Mile, like, not, it was just, like, Teen Choice Awards, but, like, she was, uh, the, from, I don't know, I've never seen 8 Mile, so if romantic lead is the wrong way to frame that movie, she was, like, his romantic. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, a love interest in that film. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not, like, the biggest Eminem fan by any fucking means but that's a good movie mm-hmm. and uh she's really good at it and that's i mean it is a love interest but like there's like a i don't know there's a good twist and grit to that kind of like performance and trope in that movie that yeah. i really only think someone like Brittany murphy could have brought so like she did a good job um and also i've never seen girl interrupted but she's in that apparently yeah i've never seen it either which is i feel like very not on brand for me but yeah yeah i mean i it kind of feels like a cure movie like, yeah probably winona ryder uh angelina jolie unhinged women i mean come on Brittany murphy how can you go wrong Hey guys, Kira here. Uh, we're just going to take a quick break um, for a word from a sponsor, which, cool, thanks. Yeah. Can I really quick, I said I would bring this up later, but I need to bring it up now. What is later, I think? Uh, <laughs> the cinematographer of Uptown Girls, uh, so there was a tweet that went viral like last week when we when we had already planned on covering this, but... And it's just very funny to me. Um, the fact that the cinematographer for this movie, like, was, like, Fassbender's cinematographer, as well as, like, Scorsese, Mike Nichols, James L. Brooks. Um, Wait, who's did the first guy? Fassbender, like, the German director that did um, 
uh, Petra, the Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant and uh, Marriage of Maria Braun. Um, he's like a very cool Rainer Werner Fassbender. Oh, I was thinking of Michael Fassbender. I'm like, no. What? Oh, I was like, <laughs> um, I didn't know he directed. Okay, yeah. He did uh, Under the Cherry Moon with Prince. He did Last Temptation of Christ, Goodfellas, Age of Innocence, Gang of, Gangs of New York, The Departed. He did Broadcast News. Um, he did Bram Stoker's Dracula with Coppola. He did... Oh, he did After Hours also. Um, it's yes, like the best looking Scorsese like, movie. I've actually never seen it, and that's Sean's favorite one. It's not my favorite, but it's super unique, and it's amazing, and I know you would love it. So Probably, yeah. yeah. He, did, he did something with Gotta Give. Oh, did he? <laughs> that's weird because like that's not that looks like i mean in a good way it looks like every he other did he did movie. this and something's got to give in the same year this he is zillennial <laughs> i say this Even with though, all due respect what? he was doing both of those for the paycheck but i respect him no he i do too and job on both those are both great movies no, I mean they're good, but like they're obviously very different than what he was yeah, doing before. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean he did The Departed three years after this, so he also worked with Frank Oz a lot. He worked with Mike Nichols, so he did Postcards from the Edge. I love that movie. Oh, I just watched Age of Innocence the other night because it's expiring on credit. Isn't it extremely like like horny without being horny? <laughs> yeah, it's very um. I don't want it to say just Phantom like makes Thread, me want to but... like weep. Oh yeah, it was one of the biggest inspirations for Phantom Thread. It's essentially okay. like a prequel for Phantom Thread. I didn't, I didn't want to, because I didn't know if that would sound stupid, but I'm, I'm glad no. you agree. Yeah, I agree. And <laughs> honestly, cancel me. Like literally, you can't deny it's, it's the vibes of it. And like that's not even saying like anything about that movie. It's saying that Paul Thomas Anderson saw that, saw specifically the way that Daniel Day Lewis is in that movie and said, I'm going to make that movie again. But like what happens in his later years? It's the horny with your eyes kind of genre. Like you just it's not horny by like saying anything, it's just horny by looking at someone in a crowd. Yeah. Like, yeah. literally, they, like, rust their hands on each other, and they're like, holy shit. No, dude, like, when that happened, like, when he, like, sh- he, doesn't he, like, kiss Michelle Pfeiffer's hand at one point? And I'm, yeah. I was kind of like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, dude. <laughs> Damn. Damn. No, yeah, but Zillennial Canon, we endorse um, a double feature of Age of Innocence and Phantom Thread. Yeah, I mean, that would, I, um, I think I said back in uh when the favorite was coming out and i saw that yeah. like at a screening i said like in my tweet i said the favorite in phantom thread would be a really good double feature yeah but i think actually that's a kind of a perfect one <laughs> like yeah definitely especially like just both attractive and also angry and terrible daniel day lewis yeah i mean if it wasn't <laughs> daniel day lewis it would still work but it works yeah. even better considering um do you think Daniel Day-Lewis has seen Uptown Girls? Uh, I mean, I'd hope so. He has a son that's a millennial. I always think that. Like, I feel like we talk about these people and we're like, have they ever seen these movies? And it's like, they always have a child that's like our age. Like, Scorsese, like, he's definitely seen, like, 
yeah, he's, like, been in Shark Tale, but, like, he's definitely seen all these other movies, because, like, Francesca has had to like some movies growing up that weren't, like, Hitchcock movies, like... Oh, he would definitely have to take her to, like, some premieres, like, you know, like, and be like, fuck it, I want to see this movie, but it's my kid. Hold on, let me look it up. Scorsese movie premiere. No, because it's just going to show you, like, the Departed premiere. You never know, because I searched this before, and... The well, fucking, that's, uh, like, uh, the One Direction movie. Exactly, like, stuff like that. Like, I'm, that's what I'm hoping to find, like... Yeah, like... I don't know if the listeners know about this. We've definitely brought it up before, but there's a Scorsese cameo in the One Direction uh, concert film. Mm-hmm. And he walks into their backstage area and says, I really like your work. Uh, and then because Francesca's at the concert, like you just see her like under him. Like, um, yeah. And she looks kind of embarrassed, but honestly, how cool that, she was in the uh, Scorsese. I mean, she was in the One Direction movie. Wish that were me. Yeah, same. I actually haven't. Uh, just this is a confession that nobody else knows. Mm-hmm. Has never revealed it because I'd be a fake Directioner. But I actually never saw that movie because even though I was like a massive One Direction fan and I still love them all so much, except for like most of them. Um, <laughs> was that the weekend that it came out I got into a car accident and it wasn't even like I was like hurt I was just like damn and then I just never saw it <laughs> <laughs> like it was like a pretty bad car accident and like I wasn't hurt at all I just had like minor whiplash but I was just like wow I really don't want to go anywhere <laughs> so I just literally never saw the movie um so now you can all you can all call me a fake direction or whatever you want to call me i'll take it that's i don't know why but the way you said that was really fucking funny it's true i got into a bad car accident and then i willingly chose to not see that movie okay can i can i admit something since we're like opening up yeah we're just doing confessions tonight yeah. Um. I too have not seen that movie. Oh. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Just wanted to get that out there. Glad you told me that. Yeah. <laughs> um. I. What you said would happen is exactly what happened. Like I can't find anything as far as like her, him taking Francesca to go see any certain uh movies. Well, he took her to the Shark Tale premiere, I believe. Well, yeah, because he was in there. I would love to interview her, but I never want to overstep any boundary with anyone. Yeah, I just want to have, like, an unfiltered interview, like, but, like, not even, like, in a personal way, just, like, so what movies did Squirt your dad watch with you, like? Yeah. I feel like she might do it. (laughs) I think she used to, um, but she kind of, like, built up a filter once she, like, went away to college and shit, um, which I respect, but... Yeah, she literally, like, leaked the fact that Joe Pesci was an Irishman before anyone knew that. Like, literally, she was just on Instagram Live one day, like, with her friends, just, like, sitting in her room. Like, yeah, um, I think Joe Pesci's in the movie. Like, (laughs) she's like, yeah, I think he is. I mean, he came over and he was talking about it. I was like... (laughs) Queen shit, though. Like... Yeah. Yeah, I think he's in it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he came over the other day. They were talking about it. Like, do we but, think she's in this movie? Even if uh, 
uh, Martin. I don't know why I blanked on his name. Hasn't seen it. You blanked on his name and you called him Martin? <laughs> yeah, like if... Uh, Do you think Martin has seen it? I don't think so, but I think maybe she has, like, while he was making the fucking aviator or something, like, <laughs> she watched it. <laughs> He's like, go sit in the trailer, sweetie. Like, I'll be with you in a minute. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna watch Uptown Girl. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, great, I gotta get back to Leo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we talk about what, what timestamp are we at? We're at 58 minutes. Uh, do you want to talk about the fact that she has to sell her belongings and that's one of her ways to come to terms with like not like let go of but kind of like I guess like come to terms with the fact of like her parents death because she's like been alone for a while you know yeah and that's the other interesting thing about this where some movies like with these kind of similar themes explore like grief recently like within the last few yeah. years and like does it ever explicitly... well yeah does it ever explicitly say in this movie like how many years exactly it's been i don't think it has because no. it, it, it implies said, that it's been a while when she was like a teenager i think right and she's like almost 30 in this no like... she's 22 oh 22 yeah okay sorry she looks 30 but um I mean, yeah i don't know usually people do in movies yes um but yeah, I don't know, like, so yeah, it's probably been, like, what, five, six, seven years since her dad died, and, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I think it's just, the way they handle it's really impressive, and you're right, that scene where she's selling all her, uh, or attempting to sell all of her stuff's really good, and also just, like, at the same time, like, um, I mean, we already talked about that scene where Dakota Fanning is, like, it's a harsh world, like, yeah. Everything with, like, her dad or whatever in it? Or is it her stepdad or her dad? I forgot. Uh, Dakota Fanning? Yeah. It's her dad, I believe. Her dad, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to, like, you know, Brittany Murphy's character lost her dad, and Dakota Fanning is on the edge of losing her dad, but doesn't want to, like, confront it. And then Brittany Murphy's like, you, no, you, like, you have to. Like, it's not, yeah. like, that's not something you can, like, joke with. Like, you gotta do it. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, so, I feel like they kind of also, like, motivate each other to face these things that they don't want to face, um, like, these, like, barriers that they're, like, oh, it'd be too hard to face that, so I have to, like, push it down and ignore it, um, I guess that's, like, what a lot of this movie is about, just, like, repressing, repressing things just so you don't have to face them, but, um, yeah, so uh, Brittany Murphy finally goes to uh, sell her dad's stuff, like her dad's guitar collection. Like that's the main thing that's like tying tying him back to her. And she's like desperate for money, um, so she's like, oh, like yeah, I guess I'll sell them. And, like, they're, like, not really being offered a lot of money. And then somebody calls and is immediately offering, like, a lot of money for the whole collection. And it's, like, she has to decide within, like, two seconds, like, if she's going to sell them or not. And then she just, like, has to let go, like, super fast. But then, as we know, that the guitars come back. How did you feel about the ending scene? Um, It's really... I don't know. Like, it, it's... 
good, I guess. I mean, like, it was... I won't like... Like, I didn't like... Well, you don't love the music in it. Yeah, no, it was... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it was fine. I think I'm more vibed with, like, the middle section of the movie than, like, the beginning and ending. Mm-hmm. Even though neither were particular... They weren't bad by any means, but, like... Um, you know, it was a good ending. Like, I liked it a lot. Like, I, I really liked the scene where Dakota Fanning visits her dad. Yeah. But the, like, last bit of it was... Yeah, it was good. Like, I don't know. Like, did it, like... Was it, like, something that you remember from your childhood? Like... Yeah, like, definitely. Okay. Um, it... I think that, um... Like, corny ending scenes... Right. Are something that makes me... Cry. A decent amount. Um, you know, like, I love things that, like, emotionally manipulate me. But I think one thing that gets me with this ending scene is that it doesn't move her in a particular way romantically. It's more so, like, he's performing a song that she never thought she'd be able to hear again because she thought it'd be too difficult to. And it's almost like a gift to her, not even in, like, a romantic way. And the guitars, he bought them back so she doesn't have to let that special piece go. And then she's also watching like, what she inspired in Dakota Fanning's character, the fact that she's, like, going off the choreography for her solo, and, like, I kind of found that, like, uh, Ray, which I love the name Ray for her, like, her name's, like, Lorraine, but they call her Ray, Dakota Fanning. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, like, really sweet also that, um, like, it's almost like she's, like, looking at, like, a younger version of herself, like, a lot of the shots, which maybe that's why the cinematographer was Fassbender's cinematographer and Scorsese's cinematographer, but I think a lot of the shots in that scene were really good the way that it framed, like, her looking at Dakota Fanning, and they never showed Neil, really, in that scene. Like, it was mostly, like, a scene in between her and Dakota Fanning. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it yeah. was... No, it's, like, legitimately well shot. And there's, like, and not only, like, the ending, but, like, there's other, like, like scenes of the movie, like, where she's outside the apartment and, like, it's all neon red. Yeah. Like, there's, like, legitimately, like, good cinematography in this movie. But, I mean, you're right. Like, the ending is, like, emotional, I guess. Like, it's... I, I don't know if it, like, affected me, but it was definitely, like, appropriate. And, like, I felt like by the end of it, like, each character had, like, a complete arc. Like, they yeah. all were in satisfying somewhat situations by the end and it was like i don't know like i i feel like but also like the characters didn't completely change from what you know about them like dakota fanning's character probably is going to still have an edge for probably the rest of her life and Brittany mm-hmm. murphy is probably always going to be like you know a little bit clumsy a little bit like you know unmotivated at times but like you feel like they at least have each other and not only that but like the tools to move forward now instead of being stuck in this rut almost yeah exactly like and like i feel like the ending was like ray almost proving that to her yeah um and yeah how did you feel about the coney island teacup thing because that that destroys me well i thought um that's the scene that i remembered from uh tumblr basically Uh uh-huh 
like the gifts of them on the teacups. Yeah, I yeah. do. I used to see that all the time on Tumblr. Like that and it's a harsh world thing. Like that was on Tumblr yeah. all the time as, yeah. a, as a teen. But um, yeah, no, I mean, that. I mean, honestly, dude, when they, <laughs> when they get to Coney Island for the first time and uh, he's like, it, it's closed. Like I like yeah. legitimately like went, aw, like. <laughs> yeah, because she was, like hyped it up. She's like, you've never been to an amusement park. Like, yeah. You never been to Disney or anything, yeah. like, yeah, no, I mean, it was really sweet, like, and, but that scene, the, the final, the teacup part was really good, um, cinematography is also really good in that scene, um, and just, like, in general, like, I think the way they closed up the entire thing, like, was just really lovely, and, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, like, I, maybe I would like to see, like, a little bit more from Dakota Fanning's character, like, at the end, because I feel like it leans a lot to Brittany Murphy. And even though Dakota Fanning has a thing with her daughter, or, I'm sorry, her dad, mm-hmm. um, like, I would have liked to see, like, a little bit more of her, like, I don't know, more of her being a kid. But, yeah, like, I guess it's, it's not really a complaint, just kind of, like, I enjoy those little moments so much that I wish I had more of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I um, I think also a lot of it is just, like, Yes, they're trying to, like, cope with this stuff, but I feel like a lot of it is also just them looking for a catharsis in any way. And I think the teacups are kind of, like, a big catharsis because that was the first time we see Ray like, break down. And she, like, literally, like, punches Molly and is, like, flipping out and then finally starts to cry. And it's, like, you can tell that there's just been, like, all this rage pent up in her, and even when you see her, like, fighting the girl at school, it's, like, she doesn't show emotion anywhere else, like, and I think that also, like, then the ending, like, the dance scene in the end is very, like, um, like, kind of, like, euphoric, almost. Yeah, like, a a catharsis for her, because she's, like, smiling and, like, offbeat and isn't like so isn't so like put together and structured yeah and they're also like comfortable with each other which is nice like yeah because i mean they both almost had like a lot of restraint from each other as the Mm -hmm. movie started like um i mean obviously dakota fanning's character more so like very much more resistant than Brittany murphy character was but Mm -hmm. Um, by the end, I truly believed that they had a genuine relationship with each other. Because, you know, sometimes in these movies where it's like a adult figure and a child figure, like having a bond or a friendship. Yeah. Um, it can almost feel artificial because there's just so many movies like that. But their chemistry was so good in this. And I liked the character so much that I fully believed it by the time it happened, you know? Yeah. Wait, I think that Roger Ebert is the only person that liked Uptown Girls. Because it has a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, which is ridiculous. Yeah, this has ter- it has terrible reviews, but he he literally liked this movie a lot. As he should. It's a good movie. Um, he, he's always... That's what I loved most about Ebert. Like, he wasn't afraid to, like, tear down and claim movies, but, like, also at the same time, like, if a movie came out and, like, he thought it was unjustly, like, torn apart... Mm-hmm. like he would always like defend a movie like he he had no shame in that which i loved mm-hmm. um so yeah i th- but this does seem like something he would like because he likes those movies that like i don't know like i, I can't oh, really this def- is great what this is a great review i want to cry <laughs> can i do a <laughs> reading of it right now go for it okay 
So he, like, describes the movie, like, whatever, and says, I dismiss all cavils about this movie's logic and plausibility as beside the point. This is not a movie about plot, but about personalities. Molly Gunn is a comic original, vulnerable and helpless, well-meaning and inept, innocent and guileless, or, more accurately, a person of touchingly naive guile. Murphy's performance has a kind of ineffable, mischievous innocence about it. I also enjoyed the movie's emotional complexity. Uptown Girls could have been a simple-minded, relentlessly cheerful formula picture. There's an underlying formula there, of course, with all the problems resolved at the end. But Ray is anything other than a cookie-cutter little movie girl, and Molly's problems at times are really daunting. And then talks about, like, uh, a young kid with a lot of adult wisdom and underlying sadness. Um, And this is where he compares her to Lucille Ball um, and it's like a darker uh, and he said that her Lucy act is not merely ditzy but a little brave hmm. wow yeah. how is that like the only good review of this movie did no other like major critics <laughs> um, it I can't believe it has a 14% yeah, That's I mean, stupid. Yeah, there's some movies like that where it's like, um, hold on, let me Google one specific oh, movie. I'm, I'm not enabling ads. I'm not disabling my ad. Blo- oh, I could continue without disabling. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like whatever. People are mean about it. But what are they like? Oh my I mean, god. This is like somebody me. said in 2010, somebody said Fanning practically dares the audience to throw th- sharp objects at the screen with her thoroughly obnoxious performance. Can I like call the police on this man? Literally. Wait, how do I not enable ads? I'm trying to do it, but I can't. Just do, you could, you could continue without disabling. I'm not enabling ads. Oh, I see it. Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. This guy has reviewed, like, one, I don't know, I just feel like it. This movie, this guy is so mean to go to fanning, and he reviews, like, the most random movies, and will review, like, two movies every, like, year. Um, I'm not gonna like dox him, but maybe. No, I don't even know who this man is. Oh, his website looks like it was made in like 2002, and uh. Oh, this guy. Okay. <laughs> I finally found him. Yeah, look at that website. Of course, he gave this movie a bad review and is fucking mean to Dakota Fanning. Ugly. How is he verified on Rotten Tomatoes if he doesn't put in reviews? I don't know. He's on, He writes for the poopshoot.com. Wow. Sounds like that's what he... Uh, sounds like his brain. Am I right? Sounds like my brain. Am I right, ladies? Am I right, ladies? Alright. I'm trying to stalk this guy, but I can't... Yeah. Find any social media presence. Well, I mean, this episode wasn't really the most fun, but I think that this is like we always say: if it's a good movie, we don't have shit to say. 
Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's the thing. I can't really clown on this movie because it's like legitimately good. And yeah, um, this is yeah. the one you'll approved. It is, and I. That's the thing. Like, if anyone's listening to this episode that maybe hasn't seen this movie, and you're like, hmm, it's should also I watch it's, it? it's free on YouTube, also, and they yeah. like turn off your ad blocker. Yeah, I did not know that before <laughs> watching Since it. You watched it with ads. Uh, no, well, no, I didn't watch on YouTube, period, um, oh, but I should have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll say, though, real quick, Mia, this is also one of her favorite movies. Um, yes. So I rewatched it with her, and she was kind of saying the same stuff you are about it. Like she said, like she, when it first started, like in the first five minutes, she was like, I'm crying already. <laughs> like, yeah. she, she's like, this movie's so good. And I'm just like, OK, like, we'll get into it. Like, and that's great. It is. It's really, really good. Um, and she said it held held up really well. Um, Definitely, so, yeah. Um, so, uh, I hope like Zillennial listeners also rewatch it for the pod and definitely. report back. Because there's actually like some pretty good movies for free on YouTube. Not to like give free promo to a Google corporation, but like. <laughs> Um, they have like Bratz for free on YouTube, I think. They have, <laughs> There's like um, good movies like Bratz. Bratz is a good fucking movie, Adam. I've never seen it. But... It's it's good. Um, they have But I'm a Cheerleader. They okay. have. I saw that on Criterion last month, and I fucking loved it. Oh, it's a great movie. It's like, so good. So like I I gave it five out of five on Letterboxd. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have. They have just, like, a, like, I always get recommended, like, the, like, teen girl movies or whatever, just because it's, like, based on my algorithm. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know, like, what else they have, but they do have, like, like, good, like, teen movies, I guess. Uh, let me look. Um, these are all pretty bad so far, but I'm sure I'll get to <laughs> no, I mean it's not even like it's, it's giving me like action movies, so I gotta go to all. Oh, they have to oh. Fred the movie. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, oh, Agent Cody Banks. That's a classic. Ooh. That's a classic. That's a millennial movie. Kristen Stewart. How could you go wrong? That's not Agent Cody Banks. She's in Agent Cody Banks. She literally is not. Oh, Hilary Duff is Kristen Stewart's in Catch Up. How dare you? They're the same corner of my brain. I knew exactly what you were thinking. (laughs) I had both of them on DVD. And Catch That Kid. Okay, Catch That Kid is her. It's... Corbin um, Blue. Corbin Blue. And the kid... The white... The white blonde haired kid who's like in every Selenial movie, but I don't Max know his name. Theria. I sure. feel like I used to pretend that I had a crush on him. He's the kid from the pacifier that we made fun of last week that Yeah, wait. That was the Nazi. Where, where Vin Diesel thinks that he's a Nazi, Nazi but he's yeah. playing Friedrich. That's him. The sound of music. Hold on. Which one is Brie Larson in though? Brie Who? Larson is in no. Yes. But she is in No, yes. <laughs> She's in like a like a Zillennial um like hold on. <laughs> Movie? Yes. <laughs> okay. She's in thirteen going on thirty. She's in sleepover. Um, Brie Larson? 
Yeah. She's in 13 going on 30? I think she's, like, one of her friends at the beginning. Oh, weird. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, I remember that, yeah. She's in that Disney Channel original movie, Right on Track. I don't know if you ever saw that, but... Um, no. She... Damn, I really thought she was in, like, a... Like, a... I'm telling you, it's Cody who. Banks type. No, type. I, I think it was just uh, Catch That Kid. That, uh, um, yeah. Catch That Kid's a dope movie. They make fucking uh, <laughs> like go-karts into like high-chase, like high-speed cars. Yeah, and they're driving. And the they, steering like, wheels are fucking... In... Don't they like break into a... Uh, uh, Kristen Stewart's like a... mom's bank. Yeah, for like a good reason. Because her dad is... Uh, on life support. Yeah. And they can't afford the surgery that he needs. And yeah. the company that her mom's worked for for like 20 years won't pay her. We need socialism. That's a like good movie. And also when they make the go-karts, the steering wheels are Xbox controllers. So 10 out of 10. It's a great movie. I love it. <laughs> we got to cover it one day. Yeah. I know we just did like a mini coverage right now. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, Max Theory posted a picture of his ass on Instagram on July 30th. So if you guys are interested, go check that out. (laughs) Adam, do you have anything else to plug? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) wait, hold on. Let me look real quick at Max Theriot's filmography. Because I was thinking, he's been in a lot of um, Zillennial movies. He's like a beefy cowboy right now, and I don't like it. Neither do I, but let's let's get past it for a second. He was in... Catch That Kid, The Pacifier, The Astronaut Farmer, Nancy Drew, Kit Kittredge. I love Nancy Drew. Um, And I'm sure he was in other stuff, but like he's been like in a lot of Zillion movies. Okay. Anyways, uh, what was the question? I said check out Max Theriot's ass on Instagram. Yeah, I, yeah, if you want to. And on that note, Adam, Wait, there's like... a... Okay, yes. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to keep going back. What about it. Max Theria? Um, Well, sort of. I was on the Agent Cody Banks page on, like, shopping for some reason. Uh-huh. And there's a double DVD pack of Agent Cody Banks and Catch That Kid. Wow. So, might have to... That's like... That. That's like us. Like, you're Agent Cody Banks and I'm Catch That Kid. Because <laughs> Catch That Kid is, like, a little bit more depressing... Like, it's uh-huh. like, damn, we need to, like, make this money or, like, we'll die. And, like, Agent Cody Banks is just like, I'm cool as fuck. <laughs> I'm just vibing. <laughs> Wait, I just found uh, <laughs> the full movie for Agent Cody Banks on video now. Oh, my God. Can you get that? Wait, um, Max Theriot posted. $35. Jeez. Max Theriot posted last year on March 4th. So apparently, 14 years ago today, The Pacifier came out in theaters, tagged, like, four people in the cast. Um, hashtag The Pacifier. Hashtag The Merninator. Hashtag Peter Panda Dance. Hashtag Bleached Hair Don't Care. I don't like that hashtag. <laughs> I really hate that, actually. Bleached Hair Don't Care, because he bleached his hair to play a Nazi in a musical. Um, yeah. but you know how you can see like who liked the picture. Mm-hmm. 
Alexis Nyer is liked it, the member of the bling ring, like the in real life bling ring. Oh, right. Yeah, I just followed Vin Diesel on Instagram live on, on the pod. He has hilarious Instagram. I, sometimes. He's great. He's hanging off the side of a building. Maybe next week you'll have your Tokyo Drift review for us. I really hope so. Um, Me too. I just haven't, I haven't really had the time, and I really hope to have the time soon. Um, yeah. It was his birthday. Wait, Vin Diesel's? Yeah. July oh. 23rd. Happy birthday. He's very, man. he's very wholesome. Sorry, I was like watching a video of him. I was like, did she, did she die on me? <laughs> no, I was literally like just watching him like talking to the camera. All love, always. <laughs> I Can cannot wait. it? I heard it like a little bit and I thought that was my voice coming back, but I'm glad that it's just Vin Diesel. He said, as a species, we're beginning to look at the problems that we face as a society with the willingness to tackle them as a species. And I'm seeing that play out now. I'm seeing the world, the entire world, confront racism. And that warms my heart because we are just one race. Oh, my God. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, but I love Ben. Sorry, I'm just watching videos of Vin Diesel at this point. Um, I think, uh, oh, he posted a Dom and Lottie picture, like a bad edit that somebody made for Pinterest. Oh, that's his entire brand is like posting bad fan art. Honestly. I can't believe I'm just, oh my God, the one of Groot in the sky. I was just going to send you that oh one. I was doing God. it on my phone right now. <laughs> Happy creative dot 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 smile. <laughs> yeah, he does like a creative a Friday. Groot in the, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make him something. What do you mean? Like art. I'm going to make art for Vin Diesel. And what if he posts it? I would be so fucking happy. Make some Dom and Letty art. He'll do he, Dom he'll, and Letty art. A Dom and Letty edit. Like he. <laughs> wait, I'm gonna send you some of the. Uh... 500 million views on the Fast Nine trailer. What the fuck? Dude, people love Fast. Oh, I know. I know this because I know you. In the recording studio, what is he doing? He's recording the AOK podcast. He's on the Zillennial Canon. Wait, hold on. I, I'm almost done, but I'm like collecting pictures from his Facebook that I want to send you, because uh, then I guess we can post it on the face. No, it's just like in general, like just weird shit he posted. Hold on, let me send it. To I you. gotta make some art of this, man. Where's uh? Okay, there you are. I'm gonna send it all to you. I'm gonna get a reaction live on Pod. <laughs> You're sending it to me where? Just on your over text. Um. Okay. This is fucking ridiculous. Oh my god, you sent me so many. I gave you like five. It just like all popped up at once though. Wow. These are like, he all posted these? Yes. Wow. I'm gonna post these on the Twitter so people... The second to last one is fucking hilarious. Yeah. uh, His affection calms me. Who's he? The tiger? The lion? There's three of them. (laughs) <laughs> anyway. Why is it just that one? 
I'll post these Vin Diesel memes to our Twitter page. Um, I want to post the... Wait, I'm going to post this, the last one myself. Okay. I'm going to be like, Facebook? Nah. He posted an old picture of him and Letty and said, we've come a long way. It's and true, yeah. A comment towards the top is, without you, my friend, with a really sad face. Well, that's the lyric of the Charlie Poop song. I understand that, Adam. Well, okay. I thought you were making a joke about it. No. Okay. Cool. I'm going to post that Vin book. So anyways, uh, should I... I mean, are we done? Yeah, yeah, we've been just scrolling through Vin Diesel's Instagram for the past (laughs) five minutes, so I should hope so. (laughs) We stopped talking about the movie 20 minutes ago. I can't even remember what we've been saying for the past 20 minutes. All right. Wait, hold on, I'm posting the video. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, it's tweeted. Now I can... Uh... Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, so, where do you tweet it from? What would you like to plug? Oh, I would... <laughs> I would like to plug my uh, Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler and uh, my other podcast, the Aggressively Okay podcast. Um, you can just find us on, like, Spotify, Apple, pretty much anywhere you listen to Zelino Cannon. We're also on those platforms. Um, and you can also find us on all the socials, like Twitter, Instagram, um, pretty much all that AOK pod. Um, if you just want to see me and Joey being a fucking goofs each week and talk about different movies, uh, give us a, I don't know, listen, it's pretty fun sometimes. Yeah. Um, so if you want to, um, I mean, I'm not even going to plug it, but Mike Myers Movie Club, whatever, uh, come through if you want to. Um, we also have a Discord if you wanna. Um, I've been trying to get Adam to join. He's just not. I don't um, have a Discord. Okay. Uh, anyway, so Mike Myers Movie Club. Um, follow me on Twitter at garlic emoji. Don't be weird about it. Um, you can. Uh, no, because there are some weirdos that have been popping up on Twitter lately, and uh, all all good vibes here. All good vibes here. I'll uh. I'll kick you out if you don't have good vibes. Right. Sorry, I'm just so inspired. I'm just looking at Vin Diesel's Instagram right now. All I want is good vibes and inspiration. Um, yeah, also, uh, if you want to check out our sister podcast, as Adam already said, the Aggressively Okay podcast within our cinematic universe, the Back to Back podcast with our friends Zach and Courtney, and the new Seltzer cast by our friend Sean. So... Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Listen to them. They're all great. Great people. Did I forget to plug anything? Who knows? Probably, but we won't find yeah, out after we're editing. I'm learning how to roller skate. <laughs> Pray for oh, me. <laughs> you had texted me that morning when you posted that before I even woke up. It said, Kira got roller skates, exclamation mark. I, <laughs> <laughs> I had like shitty ones and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get some cool ones. So, yeah, I went all in. I got a new helmet, new skates, ordered a bunch of stuff. It's it's cool. Well, I'm personally happy for you, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. So For what? I don't know. Just just that you're vibing. Um, Yeah, so I'll plug, like, pray for me as I learn to roller skate. Pray for Adam as he returns back to work during a pandemic. Um, pray for the film industry in general. 
um, if you if you are not a person of faith, which I don't know why I keep saying pray, just you know, well, look at the know, stars one night and uh, just say, Kira and Adam, hope you're in a good place. <laughs> you know, you want to just not pray. That we're <laughs> not that sounds like we're dead. <laughs> not that you have to, not that you have to pray, but you can also eat and love too. That's not a hint for next week, by the way. That was just it's not. It's not absolutely. Is that not even? I haven't seen that movie. A, that is not a hint. <laughs> um, Unless. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Goodbye, millennial friends. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs>